Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae is returning record amounts of money to Mississippians, whether it's through the College and Career Savings Program or the millions in unclaimed money awaiting your claim. Treasurer David McRae says get your application and claims today. Treasury.ms.gov. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are working so hard to make Coast of Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Got a couple of quotes to share with you. In fact, one of them by Benjamin Franklin that I'll get to next We'll ask today's guest what he thinks about that one. Uh, But anyway, the first one was actually posted by my friend Frank Willem, and it came from Business Minder 101. So I'm not sure who actually said this. It could have been Confucius or something like that. But here's what it said. Do not correct a fool or he will hate you. Correct a wise man and he will appreciate you. You know, we talk a lot about feedback and social media and all that. I guess you learn who you can really share your point of view with and you learn who you best just, you know, pass up, pass them up and move on. But uh, I like that. Correct a wise man and he will appreciate you. I love feedback, by the way, what, what I, what, whatever kind of feedback it is, I appreciate it. It makes me better. Uh, I think that's a good human quality to have. I know a lot of really good leaders who also share that same capability. And here's the one by Benjamin Franklin, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. You know, in my conversation with um, with Mark Henderson, we talked a lot about how when you're an entrepreneur, the the, the harder you uh, you work, uh, the more you learn, and that entrepreneurship is about this constant journey of learning about so many different things. There's really no no limit to what you can learn when you're when you're starting businesses and being creative and being innovative. There's always something to to learn, but the best investment of knowledge pays the best interest. Okay, so let's uh, let's move to my my guest today is Jordan Nico from Nico Restaurant Group. Been on the show several times. Someone I really enjoy looking uh, checking in with, and uh, we're going to cover the, we'll cover the spectrum today. But without any further ado, let me say good morning to you. How you doing, Jordan? Good morning, Ricky. Doing well. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Where are you right now? Where where are you sitting today? Uh, I'm actually in my office in, in uh, Gulfport. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, listen, before we go too far, I, I want to first just say it just does seem you and your wife and your family are just thrilled about your your, your baby. And it, it is amazing how fast they grow, isn't it? Absolutely. It is, um, you know, it's been an entirely new adventure that I've begun on. And as you said earlier, I've learned a lot and I continue to learn every day as it goes through. And it's something that I had no real knowledge about beforehand and have, you know, tried to learn the go and shoot it. And it's been an awesome experience though. That's for and sure. You know, what I, what I, what I used to say a lot that when my kids were born, it's like I couldn't remember what it was like not to have kids. You know, it's just it, so God has a way of just sort of wiping your memory out. And now all that matters is the value of that child and what that child is all about. And family means something. 
It should, well, it should mean something to everyone. You know, some people don't don't catch the bug, but do, thank God most do. But it is amazing how it shifts your priorities, isn't it? One hundred percent. It's also interesting learning how much time it, it takes that you don't you don't realize. You know, it's hard to get a lot of things done because because there's a lot of time that goes into it. And it, it is a, it's very uh, it's an awesome experience watching her grow up, and it's it's. Crazy, just seeing the advancement that happens over the. I mean, it's been three months since we've had our, had our child, and she's already starting to kind of coo, and you tell she's trying to start to talk, and and uh, she's just starting to finally recognize me, which is a good thing. <laughs> For a while, it was kind of just who is the stranger holding me all the time. Yeah, uh, it's definitely been an awesome thing, and we, we and we've. Uh, and, then, and it's also funny watching all the grandparents trying to fight over who, who, who gets to spend the most time. It's been an interesting experience all, all the way around. Well, I know from from uh, watching your mother uh, on social media, your your mom and dad have really, really enjoyed having that baby, haven't they? Absolutely. <laughs> I think they love they actually like her more more than me, to be hundred percent honest. You know that. You know that's. I would I would say. Uh, let's see, the youngest baby in my family, Jordan Matthews, who you know well, um, his 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 son, um, who's now two, incidentally, um, I can't spend enough time with him myself. You know, I feel that way about all my grandkids. I, I, we have four now, and I'm, I'm literally obsessed with them. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was obsessed with my kids, but I, I think probably I'm even more obsessed with my grandkids. It's just something about that opportunity to be able to influence their lives and the joy they give you from being around them. It's just awesome. And, you know, we, as your daughter, as you say, your daughter's recognizing and cooing and all that now, but man, you, you of course you, you're a smart guy. Your wife's a smart woman. Your kid's going to be super smart. It's going to be so much fun watching your, your daughter evolve. And uh, every day is going to be a new experience. And, you know, God bless you for having that opportunity. Well, thank you. We're very lucky. So let's talk about for a second, um, for people who have not heard you and me talk before, uh, I've referred to you before, you and your brother and your and your family as one of the more aggressive entrepreneurial families in coastal Mississippi. The investments that you're making literally across coastal Mississippi are very, very significant. And uh, you just, I mean, just about have a footprint in just about every city. Now, I know there's a couple that you're not in, but the bottom line is you're you're covering the waterfront, literally, and um, which means that you have a strong belief in coastal Mississippi. So we'll we'll get into a lot of those things. But tell them, let's let's talk about Nico Restaurant Group, which is actually more than restaurants these days. But uh, talk about your holdings and what you're up to these days. Uh, so yeah, so we are doing a, a lot of a, a lot of apartments in certain areas. We're doing ho- hotels. We're doing new restaurant concepts. Um, doing a lot of a lot of different different mixed use developments. And I think uh, we, we see the Gulf Coast as, as as still a growth area, especially during this downturn recession. I mean, I think we're we're in a much better position than most of the other the most of the country really is, especially areas that don't have a coastal area and don't have and don't have the, I guess the word I'm looking for is the amount of regulations that we have are, 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 are much more limited than other states. And so I think because of that, it allows us to grow. It allows us to seek investments, and, and it's, it, it makes our area just a continuing boom. And um, we, we see it on the restaurant side as well as on uh, the, the hotel and apartment side where year after year we're having growth and we're having and being able to, to refine people and 
you know, having new customers from all over the, the really the country are now come to our area. Um, obviously, still working through employee issues and how 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 to best um, recruit people to our area to, to work and, and and to 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 our restaurants. But beyond that, it's, it's been really been an awesome experience. So so go through go through your holding. Start discover the waterfront on what you're what you're it's, involved um, with. In Bay St. Louis, uh, we have uh, Fields uh, Steak and Oyster Bar, which has been a tremendous success. Steakhouse and the city's been really great. We actually have we have a new uh, sushi bar and rooftop concept that we're going to be doing downtown, and we have a, a new surprise restaurant that we're going to be doing as well. I can't, can't really talk about it yet, but it's going to be on on the, the beachfront. And so, uh, a, lot, a lot of great things going on in that, in that area, and, and it's and it's been a continued boom and success. Um, in past Christiane, we have uh, a, a new hotel that, that is coming up. We have, we have a currently existing hotel, as well as Bacchus, Phil Phil Billups, and The Deck, which have all been seeing uh, great success. We also have a bunch of uh, subdivisions that are starting to take off in, in past Christiane, and uh, new, new developments that are really just planned community developments that are similar to what they have in maybe Alice Beach and Seaside along 30A, but something that we really don't have a lot of along the Gulf Coast. And it's more of a plan design, basically, where you're buying into an investment and you're buying into a, a pre-planned community, basically, that, that that's going to have houses that, that look a certain way. And basically, when you buy the lot, you, you buy the plan. There's a manager that manages that, the, the property for you that, that, that allows you to rent it all out and whatnot. And so that's been a pretty cool project we have going on now. We're also looking at putting in higher end apartments in, the, in those areas. And that's been a big success for us. And I think with the way interest rates are going and people coming to the area who may not want to invest in a home, but may want to rent a home for a year or so before they decide to invest into a piece of property, we've been looking into that area. And it's been, it's been a very interesting um, dynamic. And the success of people who are reaching out and pre-leasing our units has been really awesome. Okay, so that's past Christian, and then yeah. uh, keep moving on down. Um, in Gulfport, we have a lot of uh, exciting things coming up. Uh, the Antique Galleria is doing unbelievable, and it continues to grow, and it's, and it's, been, a, it's been a surprise, and it's, it's been a very successful surprise. Our, our sales there are actually interesting. We're actually increasing. Grand we opened up in January, so it's not, I mean, December, so it's not, not a huge, long time period, but we've seen consistent increases and units being rented, and in sales, people who are coming in and buying units, and up to 50% increases month after month, which has been pretty extraordinary in any, in any business. And considering this is gonna be our first business that we go, you know, in, a re in, in the full retail side of it, I was a little nervous, but it's been, it's been an awesome opportunity. Let's do this where we're at the end of this segment, but we'll, we'll pick it up there. And I found that was an interesting one because that took a bit of a leap of faith that it was all the pieces would start to come together. But uh, with, like with so many of your efforts, you have to bring a vision to the to the situation and you have some financial plan around that and you go do it. Uh, some have more risks than others. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jordan Nico. Listen 
live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back. I have uh, Jordan Nico visiting with me today for the whole show. And we're talking about his Nico restaurant group, which is, again, I mentioned the last time we talked, that's the wrong name for their company because they're involved in so many different aspects, literally covering the economic, you know, sort of uh, just about every economic dimension you can imagine. When we went to break, though, we're talking about this um, this antique. Uh, what do you call it? Antique Galleria? What is it? Yeah, uh, Mr. Big Antique Galleria, and uh, it is the state's largest uh, antique uh, mall. That and basically, currently, it's 50,000 square feet. We're looking at possibly expanding it upwards to even 80,000 square feet as the demand continues. Um, it's been a tr- tr- tremendous success. And um, I was saying earlier, you know, it's, it's really, really neat. I, I've never been involved in the business. I grew up going to those businesses with my mom. And, and she, she did have a, have a stall at the one in Past Christian that was called the Bazaar. So I grew up going in and seeing it, but never actually understood it or had developed something like that before. And, you know, we were lucky that we had some partners that were involved that said that there was a de- there was a demand for one for a, 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 a big one in Mississippi, especially in Gulfport. And so we, we kind of took the leap of faith and um, it's been paying off for very, very well. So we're, we're very excited and it's, it's been awesome. We're looking to expand that and even go into doing a marketplace similar to what they have in uh, Orange Beach at um, at the wharf and be able to have newer items, not just antiques going into Yeah. There. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting? I mean, again, you, you go into a shopping center, which over many, many years have really had a hard time defining itself. And you go into this place where there hasn't been a lot of activity in in a long time, actually. And you and you renovate the building. You have this goal. It was seen to me that, that in some respects, the Internet and social media helps helps in a situation like this because your 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 antique enthusiasts are the people that you're trying to target and uh, and those have a way of finding each other, don't they? Hundred percent. It was interesting. Is um, you know, I was in New Orleans uh, probably about three months ago, and I was uh, at the check counter at a retail shop, and I was talking to the cashier, and I was, and I was having the item shipped back to Pat's Christian. She said, "Oh, you know, I'm going to the Gulf Coast this week. This week, I was, I was telling her, I was like, oh, such a good restaurant to go there. I was going through the thing. She said, yeah, well, we're actually just making a day trip.'" to go we heard that there's a new antique galleria opening up and we're so excited to go check it out the pictures look really great online and it was just it was funny because you know it, it was just something that I, I had no idea never got to say before we had no idea anything going on and she just was already talking about going there and it was just very interesting <laughs> seeing how that all worked out that that's incredible uh it's a small world but again you know uh, that's what happens when you when you come onto something successful and it begins to evolve and pretty cool that you're talking about now expanding it to i think you said eighty thousand square feet that would be incredible so what else in gulfport uh we, we we have some things on the planning commission board right now in gulfport and we, we will see if uh if they get uh push, if they get allowed through and if they, if they do then uh, maybe we'll come back on the show later on to talk about it okay okay so let's move to, to biloxi uh, so Biloxi, we have, we have some great things going on. Uh, Fields Steak and Oyster Bar has been doing very, very well, and it continues to grow. We're looking to, do, to expand an outdoor space on, on the front lawn there, and 
having to have an open air bar similar to Bacchanal in New Orleans. It'll be wine and cheese and charcuterie and live music and try and help, you know, revamp that, that area, which, 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 which the city's done an amazing job just bringing all these people to that area and really, and really, really revamping it and rebranding it. And it, it, it's interesting seeing the development between 2011 when we first opened up and, and started, started going down there and now it's just totally changed. Um, you know, Josette's another one that, that we have down there has been a tremendous uh, success. All, all the apartments are, are, are rented there and um, we have Toasted Yoke opening up uh, sometime in, in mid middle of June, which, which will be an awesome new breakfast spot for the area. Um, and we have a new sports bar concept that's going to go into where Billups is, and so we're, we're very excited about that. And uh, and it's going to, and it's, it's it's been it's been great. Yeah, actually, I was down down in uh, in Biloxi in the last couple of days, and I saw you know activity happening at the at the former Billups location. But you know, um, I tell you what, why don't we do this without? I'm, I'm I'm hesitating, wanting to ask questions about each city. Let's get done, sort of walking down the down the sort of waterfront about each of the developments, and then we'll come back because there's there's some central themes here that I want to talk about, and yeah. then you know get get into some specifics about them. So, uh, anything else in Biloxi? Oh, no, that that is it in Biloxi right now. Um, you know, in Ocean Springs, we have uh, Chard and Rooftop, which have been doing very, very well. And it's been, Government Street's been awesome. We recently opened up Bacchus on the Bayou, which has been our second location for Bacchus. And it's taken off very well. And the building looks, I don't know if you've been over there, but the building came out looking really great. And the restaurant came out looking great. And I think we've had a tremendous success so far there. Well, we, we can't wait for the summertime and have people pulling up on boats and enjoying the area. Um, we have We have a... A new hotel we're also doing, and and a new proposed restaurant as well going on Government Street in the old Chandelier um, Outfitters location, where it's going to be a, a, a boutique hotel that we break, we break ground actually uh, next Monday on. So wow. very excited yeah. about that. Um, yeah, and then moving on down to Pascagoula, we you know we've uh, successfully renovated uh, a, a new apartment mixed use building on um, Delmas. Street Avenue, and it, it, it is totally fulfilled up, and it's been an awesome success over there. Um, we have uh, begun renovations now on the old Ice House property right there over the bridge to the left, and are just excited to see what occurs there. Well, Jordan, that's a lot. That's a, it's an amazing amount of investment in coastal Mississippi, and there there is a central theme, and we've talked about this to some extent. And I, I got a good lesson in what I'm about to talk about from Andreas Duani, the father of new urbanism, who was involved in the charrettes we had here in coastal Mississippi after Hurricane Katrina. So we did these charrettes for each of the cities. And he, being the father of new urbanism, who, who you know, you, you mentioned Seaside and Rosemary Beach and these plant communities, they, they were the first to, to bring sort of that concept to that part of of uh, Florida that I don't think anyone can argue what it did to the value of that place and what it means to um, to Florida to have the amalgamation of those incredible planned communities and the beauty of them and the, the walkability of them, 
the there's you know the how they've intermingled some retail here and there. It's just it's incredible when you can do a planned community. But I had the opportunity to develop a close relationship with Andre, Andreas and his team, and to really start to appreciate how we should approach that here in coastal Mississippi. It was hard, incidentally, in the early days after Katrina to even think about what it meant to you know d- to develop. Uh, planned communities that were walkable where you, you don't park in front but instead park behind the houses and make it so that you have this relationship with your neighbor and, and so on and so on and so on. It was hard for us to think about it. But what's happening, what's beginning to emerge now, and I think it's being driven a lot by the new economy, that people who are part of the new economy, young people, uh, some retirees, in fact, they want to go to a place where they can walk in the community, they can play in the community, they can eat in the community, that they sort of do it all in one place. This whole notion of mixed use is 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 what cr- is going to create thriving downtowns all across coastal Mississippi. We see it playing out in Bay St. Louis. You see it, you know, each again, each pastor's chance playing out, but they have their own take on it. You know, uh, Long Beach will eventually get to a point where they get into this more more readily. You see big projects that are planned for Gulfport. You're you're in uh, Biloxi, and it's playing out all around. I don't think there's any commercial land available in downtown Biloxi. And at, yeah. at one point, there was so much available because people are buying into the vision. But one of the points that Andreas Juani pointed out, that if you don't have a vision that's going to attract developers, if you don't have a vi- and you don't have sort of rules in place that are going to protect developers with their investments so that each development sort of complements the other as opposed to doing something that degrades the other development. What we're seeing is a massive awareness of that. Obviously, Ocean Springs has what they had. They were the only city center in coastal Mississippi that wasn't significantly challenged by Hurricane Katrina, so they've been able to build on that walkability. Um, and again, you could go all the way down, but you, you, you just speak specifically about Pascagoula what they've done. And excuse me, I'm sorry, I meant to say Pascagoula. What Pascagoula has done to bring life back to that city, to bring life back to downtown, the mixed use is developing. That's incredible. And you know, the sky is really the limit all across coastal Mississippi. As we see more of this. Don't you agree? Hundred percent. I mean, Pascagoula, honestly. It was a shock, and it took me a little while to go over there. And when I got over there and saw how, how much, you know, you know, the the the, the Pasquale Association, Paige Roberts, uh, the mayor, they were all how much they were all doing for that area. Uh, it, it was just remarkable. I mean, Dame Maxwell as well, just you know, wanting to give back to that city, and so that and that's what that's really why we got involved, just because of the, of the economic development that was going on there, and. Want to be a part of it, and um, it was to me it was probably the easiest project I've ever done, where the whole thing leased up so fast, and I, I can't say I can't say it because of me, because it really just happened. People were calling yeah. me pre-leasing before you even left. But what was that? What was amazing? In fact, I'll say what was amazing on the other side of this, because we're at the end of this segment. But we're having a conversation with Jordan Nico from Nico Restaurant Group, and we'll just continue the conversation on the other side. We'll see you after this break.
subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I'm my friend Jordan Nico, and we're talking about the investments that Nico Restaurant Group has made in coastal Mississippi. And when we went to break, we're talking about Pascagoula. And what I was going to say is what's amazing. What's amazing to me is that what was in place in Pascagoula, and you can talk specifically about this, but in my conversations with Mayor Jay Willis and on multiple occasions here on Coast View, he's just been incredibly excited. He represents sort of like the what most mayors are in coastal Mississippi now, which is they didn't really need to be mayor. They had success in their life, and they they decided they had to give something back. If you go city after city all the way down coastal, you see a bunch of mayors that are like that that are that are there to give back. So that and they and they're smart and they understand how alignment is important within the city with the city council and the planning commission and others who are involved in this. But what 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 Pascula had decided to do as it related to the downtown historic district, as it related to understanding how federal funds flowed, as, as it related to developing sort of a vision for how these pieces are going to fit together, they were serious about it. And uh, and what I hear is that when you went you went to visit for your first time before you even left, you were making offers on property. I wonder if that's ever actually happened before in the way that you did it. Um, it, it has not. I mean, we, we were invited to the area. We were shown pieces of the property. We were shown the vision that Pascula had. And we were also shown how easy they were going to make it for a developer to come in there and basically – go all the way from developing, dealing with all the tax credits, dealing with all the incentives, and then going all the way into um, leasing out the areas. And really the city and the county, just the amount of aid that they gave to us to kind of work that all out was remarkable. And it it made me think that it was really a no-brainer for everything we've done over there because – it just was easy. I mean, and development's usually not easy. That's usually why people don't do it because it's, it's, it's hard. There's a lot of, lot, lot, lot of rules, a lot of regulations, a lot of things you have to deal with. And Pascal just cut through all that, I guess, uh, red tape, if you call it. Yeah, one of the one of the things that Andre Estuani told me is that the communities we have, the communities that evolved, usually are not the result of a vision. They, it's serendipity. And as you think about serendipity, one developer comes and wants to do this, another one wants to come and do this, Walmart wants to come and do that, and we we don't have a we didn't have a high bar. So what we end up with is what we have, you know. But then as as we begin to get more smart about how to create the kind of development that people want to be part of, then what happens is you realize that during that serendipity, what was happening is all these variations were being made in building codes and building requirements and all of that. And it took a lawyer to understand it because there were so many layers to it. It was just so difficult, you know, getting through a planning commission meeting with all these exceptions to the rule and all this complication. That's what you're talking about, that it was just the process is so cumbersome and difficult. And those cities that have sort of broke through that and tried to make it simple to say, hey, man, we're going to shepherd you through. Here's how we're going to do that. Here's where the funds are available and all that. Those cities that have done that, they they get to attract people like you, investors, who are willing to to bet the ranch on their community. That's the way it works, isn't it? 
Absolutely. And that's been something we dealt with throughout the entire area is that there, there are a lot of incentives available right now through all these different funds that are being released. And, you know, the cities that are that are able to, to, to help us best deal with those those areas and cut off all the, you know, uh, red tape is the, the ones that we're, we're, we're focusing on getting going into. Yeah, I'm not trying to draw you into sort of a politically controversial <laughs> subject, but you know, I have I have been very um, outspoken about the Gulf Coast Restoration Funds that they become too political. That that you know what we're doing is we're parceling out the money to all the communities in sort of this political kind of way. And if you look at the way it's announced and who's you know who's involved in the announcements, the way money comes back to the communities, it just feels like a political football. When it was really meant to really spur economic development in coastal Mississippi, and I'm not saying that some of the money's not used in that way, but too many of us about building a municipal building or doing some things that really aren't the kind of investments that are go- that, that are going to really add up to a true transformational payback for coastal Mississippi. And I, and we still got a, we still got a lot of years to go with that money. I hope we can continue to get focused on the kind of developments that are going to pay back in coastal Mississippi in ways that we would have never been able to do. Ben Brown, who is a, he's a Renaissance man who lives in North Carolina, but he worked with Andreas Duany for a number of years, and he's currently works for a company called Placemakers. Ben said, said that there's no community in America that has funds like the Gulf Coast Restoration Funds available. If you were to do a request for a proposal to the United States for developers, we would be overrun with developers who were trying to develop projects for coastal Mississippi that maybe otherwise would not be able to make the numbers work if you didn't have sort of that investment being made. Um, Anyway, I hope as we begin to see what these kinds of projects look like, we'll get smarter about where we're placing those investments. Again, I don't say that they're all, you know, they're, that they're all sort of money being spent on the wrong things, but I would suggest to you that too much of it is not spent on the right things. Do you have a point of view about that? Um, so my point of view is I've always been a, been a, been a huge, huge Republican, and I've always been under the belief that private enterprise can do things better than, than public enterprise. And I've seen a lot of public bureaucracy where because we're having to go through all these different red tape items, it holds up development and it holds up uh, – it, it overspends the money on fees that, that really couldn't – really are, 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 in my view, unnecessary. So yeah. I, I do think that if, if, if probably the money was earmarked more towards private enterprises and going forth and creating these, you know, ch- changing developments – like the, like yeah. the, you know that 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 that's a, something that's going to change our community. And I think one thing that you said is very interesting is the Gulf Coast. We really are very lucky with between the development, between the, the the cost of our land, between the cost of our labor. It's the easiest place to develop. And if you go to other parts of the of the country now, California, New York, even some some even Texas, banks are now having to go and do thirty year amortization rates to make projects work. Which is just unheard of. Whereas on the Gulf Coast, you're still able to do 15, 20 year type rates to make to make things work, which is just something that, that's unheard of anywhere else in the country. And um, I think the fact we have that and having the ability to have that with having the great people we have and the great industries we have, whether they're medical, whether they're uh, government aid, from you know, say Stennis, Ingalls, all these different great deals we have here, we're just so lucky. We really are in our area, and I think that it's. Um, it's only going to get better. 
Yeah, there's no question. The bill that actually created the Gulf Coast Restoration Fund, when that money was made available by BP, it actually has the word transformational in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think if we would just stick to the to the essence of what the bill intended, which was to spur economic development, and I, I, th- I would say that probably the best investment we can make is to take proven developers who may not otherwise be able to make certain projects go. If they could, if they could pull some money down from the Gulf Coast Restoration Fund and make the numbers work, what that will end up happening is creating transformational projects that we never expected we'd be able to get. That the that the all of these various projects will begin to add up to a level of economic development and transformation that redefines coastal Mississippi in ways that we could have never imagined. That's what I hope for. Yeah, and, and I mean, to me, the only issue that I see as a prolonged issue on the Gulf Coast. Interest rates are what they are. They're going to go back and forth, and it'll be what it'll be. But our, our commercial insurance right now, I mean, at least my rates are, have, have skyrocketed. And I, I don't know how you fix that. I don't know what the what the thought process behind it is, but I think it's happening to everyone along the Gulf Coast where we're, we're having these astronomical commercial interest rates that are basically now killing cash flows on projects. I think that that's something that, we, as a community, you know, if you it, that that's gonna be something we're gonna need to look at going forward is how do you fix that issue? That's gonna be the only thing that I can see that, that that may hurt our growth as a community are those rates. And and I don't know how and it's it goes beyond even commercial to residential because if it hits the homes, then then, then that's gonna start that that will dry up someone's in the day to day income way faster than inflation than. Um, Interest rates going up, going up on, on, on their homes and all, any of these items, and that's something we really have to worry about as, as a coastal community. No, I totally – I can't agree more. I've done entire shows about, for example, the changes in the National Flood Insurance Program and how – these increases, they don't seem like a ton in one year, but if you add them up over time, they begin to add up significantly. And then you, what, what's happening is both with the National Flood Insurance Program and with insurance in general related to wind damage that could come from hurricanes, what's happening is that this whole notion around climate change, which is real, is getting factored into the the numbers and you know they're focused on being actuarially sound and that's a it's a big issue for coastal communities and when you think about so you know over 50 percent of america lives near a shoreline um we can't we can't we, we need our we need our we need our, our our delegations across the united states focused on maybe a catastrophic coverage policy of some sort so that we can begin to really manage this problem because it is a the insurance to me the insurance is our single biggest issue uh, going forward if you over the next 10 years the the most important issue we're going to deal with is both residential and commercial insurance issues it's not just wind damage but it's also the the national flood insurance program and we need our delegation to get together with other delegations in all these other states, and they've got to get sol- they've got to solve this problem. And so far, they have not been successful f- uh, focusing on that problem. So when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Jordan Nico from the Nico Restaurant Group. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Nine CPR rocks. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I'm my friend Jordan Nico from the Nico Restaurant Group. And uh, during the break, we were just chatting about how uh, we should get together more often. Just because he has invested greatly in coastal Mississippi, he knows how the pieces have to fit together to create success. And uh, all the things have to work together. I mean, you have to have the employees. So we've got, we've got an issue of attracting workers to this community. We have to have affordable housing for them to live in. What factors into that is the conversation we were just having a few minutes ago around the commercial rates and the, and the residential rates around insurance, whether it be wind coverage or, or, or flood coverage. Um, affordable housing is a big issue. And you just could con- continue to break it all down, man. It just there's, there's a lot to think about. But you're not in a situation where you can just ignore various elements of what you have to do. You have to fire on a lot of cylinders every day, don't you? A hundred percent. I get that. Hey, listen, uh, you, you said you were looking forward to <clears throat> Bacchus. Uh, the new Bacchus that opened up in Ocean Springs, what a great, what a great location that is. Um, oh, yeah. I, I like what's been done to that building. And, you know, the, the truth is that those of us who live on the water and those of us who boat, um, we really covet having the opportunity to go to places like that by boat. And, uh, and I mean, it's just a great location, man. And it, I, my, I predict that you're going to have an amazing summer because I've hear, I'm hearing just great things about the service, the food. And, um, you know, when someone thinks about Bacchus, they think it's sort of high end. But you've done a great job of sort of mixing sort of casual elegance with sort of a boating culture at that location, haven't you? Well, thank you. Yeah. And, that, and that's been, you know, what our goal always is to go into areas and bring – Something that isn't isn't already there, and make it better, and make the community better, and make it better. And that's one thing that we were, we were looking at that that opportunity of that of that restaurant there. We saw you know a boating area that that on that side of the coast just was was kind of un, untouched, untapped, and um, being able to kind of do that and give it a, a, a similar feel that you would get whenever you go to the the, the, the rivers in Miami or or in the coast of Carolinas. It's kind of what our thoughts were and. Kind of being able to focus on that vibe to where people who come down to the area can can can, can get that feeling and be able to come to the Gulf Coast, you know, pay less for for lodging and food and everything else that they can down here and have a, a better experience than they would have if they went elsewhere. And that's kind of always been my goal is to to bring people from from outside of the area, bring in ideas that they are familiar with at other places, and say, hey, come to the Gulf Coast, experience it better on the Gulf Coast, and for a more affordable price. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it is a great location with wonderful investments that have been made in that building. And again, I predict you're going to have a really good summer. One other point about Ocean Springs: the notion that you guys are focused on a, a boutique hotel. I've had Roxy Condry on the show many times, and Joe Cloyd is is not only a, a good friend, but he's also investing in that arena. But the 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 advent of these these boutique hotels that are just emerging all over town. What a great fit for Ocean Springs! Oh, absolutely, and being able to have and it's, it's pretty interesting. You know, we have these boutique hotels, and you have you know the restaurant slash bar downstairs, and then kind of like you have a little lobby upstairs. Really, no check in area. You, you, you get a code on your phone. You put this code in the door. It makes it easy. Cuts down the cost, and it also allows for to have a great experience that so they can kind of be a part of this 
interesting vibe. And, and with that location, we're really excited because it's going basically across the street from where Chard is and uh, right next to the rooftop. And so you're going to have the activity that's already going down that area and to be a part of that, that activity and just creating, you know, a, a better area. Yeah. It has a, you know, again, every, every downtown area has their own unique sense of, of, uh, of place. Bay St. Louis clearly has it's what they've done to bring back Bay St. Louis after Hurricane Katrina is nothing less than extraordinary. Um, but what's what's happening with the Pearl investment and all the investments in restaurants and, um, you know, rest, I mean, people come, coming there from all over the country to buy residential places there. It's just it's just incredible. Ocean Springs is that same kind of thing. Again, slightly different, but this this wonderful feel. We my family loves to loves to go to Ocean Springs. And when we get done, we'll walk around with the kids and. It's just got a vibe, man. It's got a vibe like you feel when you're in Bay St. Louis. And, you know, that same thing's going to be there in Biloxi. And then what you got the added attraction of Biloxi is all these tourists coming because of the casinos. So you have sort of the, a blend of people. I mean, you, what, what I'm describing is life. You have life in downtown. And people are drawn to life in a downtown, aren't they? Absolutely. Activity breeds activity. That's one thing that I've learned is that, you know, if you have a a project, whatever the project is, you have to activate that project. And yeah. If you activate it, you're able to make it look good. And, that, and that's just been a huge thing that we've been able to do. Yeah, you know, Fofo is going to be joining us here shortly for, we're going to record for a different show. But one of the points that Fofo and I talked about many times is this collection of uh, of developers in downtown ocean uh, excuse me in downtown biloxi it's incredible the way you guys have complimented one another but it's like this army came almost at once and you know all these things happening and it's just incredible you know and uh it's good to see that isn't it absolutely yeah so listen jordan it's been awesome to spend some time with you i hate that we're out of town actually i'm out of time because we could we could spend more time together but um, you help me focus on the themes that are most important to Coastal Mississippi, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you and your family and the investments that you're making, and I look forward to next time, my friend. Thanks, sir. You bet. This has been Jordan Nico from the, from the Nico Restaurant Group. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.